This episode is brought to you by ThinkNear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 235, recording this live Monday, May 25th in the morning. That's 2015 of the year, 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as usual, 235 consecutive episodes. Like, we're on we're, we're on pace to hit, uh, maybe maybe in 15 or 20 years, we'll hit Cal Ripken, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Longest. That longest. guy was unbelievable. Yes. Unbelievable. 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 I got a baseball, I got a baseball recommendation book that I'm, that I'm going to come up right after you introduce yourself, Asif. Go ahead. All right. Uh, this is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto for a cup of coffee. Uh, happy <laughs> Memorial Day to uh, the uh, our fellow uh, mates down in the United States of America. Yes, it is holiday yes. Monday. It is. Why can't we get this lined up? Like we have Victoria Day the week before. I don't. And this is weird because this is technically May 2-4 weekend, which is what Canadians call Victoria Day. Uh, they've lost all meaning of what Victoria Day was. But uh, how come it's the weekend before? I never understand that. Like May 2-4, do it as close to May 2-4. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I just, I just, I'm just Canadian. I just pretend to be that way. All right, Asif, uh, about about that game, a baseball game that I was, book that I was talking about. It's called The Game. It's by John Pessa. Uh, yes. Here it is. I'm listening to it on uh, audible.com at audible.com. It is for any baseball fan out there. And I guess you would have to be a partly, you, we've converted you into a baseball fan and a Springsteen fan if you've listened to this podcast for so long. But if for any baseball fan, this is a, I'm not done yet, but it is by far the greatest glimpse of how inside baseball works. The behind the scenes baseball. And people always say, Rob, baseball is so boring. How can you sit and watch it? And I think, oh my, like there's, there's, back <laughs> there's so much going on. There's business, there's negotiation. You're dealing with a union, which is the baseball union. You're de- dealing with a 20, uh, well, I mean, you're de- dealing with, uh, you know, uh, egos out, out of the realm of egos. You know, during this time frame, you got George Steinbrenner and you got all the baseball owners. You got huge egos that you're trying to, to uh, corral. And then you've got, uh, you know, multi-millionaire babies in the baseball players that you're trying to corral as a union. You're trying to get them to work together. And then you're trying to put a team on the field that's within a... Oh, it is it is staggering. But this goes through the entire 92. I'm up over to 2006. So during the entire strike-shortened baseball season of 94, where the Expos were were basically dismantled to the sale of Major League Baseball into uh, to Major League Baseball, actually. They sold the team to Major League Baseball and then moved it to Washington. And then now I'm into the steroids era around Bonds and A-Rod. This is a, an a absolutely amazing, amazing book. If you're a baseball fan, The Game by John Pessa is absolutely amazing. I, I can't recommend it. I, 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 I sit in my car and I do nothing but listen to the book. I go out and I listen to the book. It's so good. So good. So good. Anyways, Fantastic. Book recommendations. I think we're done. That's the podcast. <laughs> Could be. I'm going to actually listen to that on my uh, on my flight over to uh, Singapore next week. So. You should. You will love it. And Bud Selig, who I've never liked, I still don't like. A uh, little uh, kind of a Napoleonic uh, megalomaniac, uh, egomaniac, um, who thought he could balance the ownership of the Milwaukee uh, Brewers and being commissioner of the baseball of Major League Baseball. Um, you, you see, you see very clearly how he works in this, and and I, I can't make up my mind. And maybe we can have the conversation after on our next podcast, um, which is about book reviews, of course, about whether or not you you have you hold them in high regards. I don't like uh, Donald Fir- Fear, and I did not like uh, Bud Selig in 1994. I still don't have a lot of high regards for those guys. Uh, I don't like the players of 1994, and I certainly didn't like the owners of 1994. Um, it just it paints a really weird picture of, of baseball behind the scenes. Anyways, great book. The game. Or do it, Asif Ben. Uh, what's well, going on with you? Before we leave the sports oh, world, yes. I mean, I'm here in Toronto, so I have to like you know welcome Mike Babcock to our oh. fantastic city. Thank you for coming to save the Toronto Maple Leafs. How is that? Is he going to strap on like, <laughs> some pads? Is he like? Is he going to like touch? Every, is, does he have the hand of God? I don't know. It's Midas, isn't it? Well, yeah. You've, you've got to be given something to be able to like. Even Midas had something to turn into gold, right? Oh. Like, oh. but he's got nothing. 
We will see what happens in this offseason, my friend. How long did he sign for? He signed for a, what, five eight years? Eight years or something. Eight years. Eight years. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Well, so he's a, GM, he's a GM, right? Eight years. No, he's just the coach. He's just the coach. So eight years as the coach. Yeah. Um, hmm. in, a, in an industry where the lifespan of a coach is around three. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, we'll see the, what happens. The the Maple Leafs are going to be paying him as he's sitting on a beach in Boca Raton, <sighs> you know, relaxing. In three years, he's going to be gone because he can't fix that team. He just, nobody can. Hmm. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah, but anyways, yes. we have a little bit of hope yet again in the city. <laughs> so silly. we got the same players, but a different guy behind the bench does guy. nothing. It's going to change it all. It's gonna, oh, God. I uh, love Toronto. Anyhow. I love yeah, Toronto. we... Um, so... Let's 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 Bad go to the, the world of location. All right, so uh, you um uh, you've been in Toronto for a week. What's going on? What's happening in the next week? A lot. We've you're, got you're like the resting. next like three weeks are like kind of crazy. So, uh, and then and then it's like all all quiet on the Western Front. So, um, but um, yeah. So this week I'm off uh, tomorrow evening, heading over to uh, Sweden. Uh, we have three events going on in Sweden this week, actually. So uh, there's there's an event in. Uh, in uh, Malmo, um, uh, which uh, will be really interesting because uh, I've never been there, so I'm looking forward to just quickly cruising through uh, the town of Malmo, which is I, I, I've learned now it's the third biggest city in Sweden, so that should be interesting. And then uh, we're hopping a flight the next day over to Stockholm, or, or that evening actually, over to Stockholm for two events that are going on there. One with Mobile Business, which is a pretty big uh, public local publication. Um, so I'm going to sit down and do an interview. Um, with the editor of that publication, and uh, and then we're doing a uh, earlier that day we're doing an event over at Workshop, which is a creative agency with a lot of retail clients. Um, so looking forward to that as well. So that's that's this week Sweden. Then I fly home because Saturday is my daughter's birthday, and I cannot miss that. So you I cannot. have to be here. I have to be here for that. Um, so I'm coming home to celebrate, and then Sunday I hop back on a plane and go all the way over to Singapore via Hong Kong uh, because. Apparently, you can't get a direct flight these days to Singapore from Toronto. So, um, yeah. So, I'm, I'm going over there for Communic Asia, the big, huge uh, regional uh, tech festival and conference. Uh, massive event. Uh, we're running a, a sort of a, a half day of programming uh, inside of the Communic Asia official program. Uh, myself, uh, Christian Geisendorfer, who runs the LBMA in Singapore, we've, we've recruited a bunch of speakers. We've got the guys from Proximity, uh, Coca-Cola, a whole bunch of folks are going to be involved in that. So that should be uh, should be interesting. So if you're in Singapore, come and see us at Communication. We'll probably throw together a little LBMA uh, meetup, anyways, you know, for drinks or something like that. So just you know, watch for that. But that's uh, that's next week, uh, the third to the fifth of of June. And then the following week, just to wrap things out before we close, kind of close down for the summer, uh, I'll be uh, in Boston uh, for the MIT Forum is hosting a, an event on location on uh, Monday the 8th, the evening of the 8th. Um, and then the following day, we have two events on the 9th in New York, uh, the Place Conference, uh, which we've been a big supporter of over the, over the last couple of years, which is focused on indoor location and beacons. And then later that evening, that's an all-day event. And then later that evening, the LBMA New York chapter is hosting an event as well. Um, so that's uh, all of that is on June the 9th. So there you go. Busy, busy times. That, my friend, is a good way to end the year, I suppose. Yeah. And then you yeah. start into the summer vacation? Pretty much. Well, I don't think it slows down. I just think that the travel slows down, right? The travel slows down, yeah. Yeah. Well, that I I said this last week. I don't think that I've ever seen a uh, six month stretch where there's this been this much travel, and I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that you're pushing very hard into Europe, and uh, putting a, an extra focus on Europe. It would seem more European trips than West Coast trips this year. Right? Yeah, we're definitely like like, yeah. like Europe and Asia are, are a big focus right now for us. Um, there's just you know we're getting a lot of demand for you know to be there to be present and have have things going on. So. Um, yeah, and in North America, you know, it's kind of you know we've been it's it's a little bit more mature for us. It's it's kind of stable, um, you know, and we've got great people in place running running those chapters. So I can I can kind of rely on those folks to kind of do their thing um, and you know focus my efforts on some of these new markets that uh, that we're uh, we're being asked to come to. So there you well, go. I uh, think that you know the the general media is catching up to this because I've seen many articles of the last couple of weeks. I was just lamenting to you 
this before we started recording was that I've seen these articles that I, that I, that are coming up from reputable um, online sources that are saying, hey, you know, mobile and location are having an influence on retail sales. And when I read those things after doing this for so long <laughs> with you and being involved in the mobile industry for so long, I bang my head on the wall thinking, how is it that people still are having this conversation where they think that it's influencing? It is, folks. I did a mobile minute with a mobile commerce minute with Chuck Martin, where we talk about mobile influencing, like all of this lining up, that's contextual awareness and location and, and having everybody carrying a device, influencing a trillion freaking dollars of retail sales. And and this, that that's a number. It's, it's not sales that are happening through mobile or through a device. It's as a result of all these things happening about influence. The mobile influence mm. of retail is a trillion freaking dollars. And people are like, well, yeah, well, I think it's going to be big. I'm like, shut up. It is big. <laughs> and the people that are listening to this, that have been listening they to this know. for so long, they know. And you got to take take at least a little bit of solace in the fact that you guys are so well ahead. You guys listening to this are so well ahead of anybody else on the planet who doesn't listen to this. Just because you listen to this podcast or watch this. I, I It always shocks me. Did you know that location and mobile are having an influence on sales this evening. I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. It's, it's mind-blowing, man. It's crazy. How long have you been doing this? When did we meet? Five years ago? Six years ago? <laughs> yeah, it's like we're coming on five years, aren't we? That's crazy. crazy. I never thought this would stick. Wow. Yeah. Stupid, oh. stupid normal media, right? That's what, that's what it is. Did you know... Did you know that... that did you know that mobile is influencing... Influencing retail sales? Wow. Geniuses there. Geniuses out there. <laughs> All right. We got great stories here. Let's see. We do. We, we really, really do. Some uh, fascinating stories um, that are a lot of them European because guess what? They're kicking our asses. They're kicking North Americans' ass when it comes to innovation. So uh, that's a challenge. Gauntlet dropped. Let's see if what do you say you kick off the top 10 stories, would you? Let's do it. Hold on one second. The last thing we have to do is listen to a word from our sponsor and then we'll get into the top 10 stories. I promise. So here is our sponsor. ThinkNear. It is time to talk to you about our sponsor, ThinkNear. I guess I could tell you what they do, but I like to put people on the spot. So I asked a bunch of ThinkNear employees what their company does. My name is Lauren Hilberg, and I am the president and general manager of ThinkNear. I'm John Hennigan. I'm the VP of software engineering for ThinkNear. Lucas Dickey is my name, and I am vice president of product at ThinkNear. Brett Cohn. I am the VP of Marketing for ThinkNear. ThinkNear is a location-based advertising network. Um, I was described as being, you know, location-based advertising, so hitting the right user um, at the right place with the right message. So ThinkNear is a technology platform that focuses on mobile advertising. We specialize in delivering advertising solutions uh, for our customers that focus on location. We provide our clients and customers a great opportunity to get their advertising directly to the individuals who are most likely to act on it, primarily based on where they are at the time they receive the advertising. At our core, what we're trying to do is connect brands and agencies with mobile consumers on their phones. Not so bad, but how about you give it to us in plain English? So with my wife and her friends who don't really get into the, the how the sausage is made, I'm like, you know, when you get the message that seems to be um, exactly what you, you are near or whatever seems to suggest to you that, hey, you should be doing this thing or taking advantage of this thing because it's nearby, that's us. Um, I say, you know, they'll go, that seems a little creepy. And I'll say, well, you're also more likely to engage with the thing that resonates with you too, right? And they go, yeah, that's true. So I think, you know, there's the market catching up to the creepy factor, um, but also making sure that the message, you know, resonates with them. And if it doesn't, then they're, you know, it's not going to get their attention. So that's what we do. And now you know how the Think Near sausage gets made. And now back to the show. Let's do it. So we'll start in Germany. And uh, actually, we've got a few German stories uh, this week. But uh, let's start in Germany. There's a, a German beer brand called Astra, uh, A-S-T-R-A. And, you know, we've talked a lot in the last little while about, you know, these these interesting out-of-home campaigns, these, these you know, digital billboards that are doing crazy things. And here's yet another one. Uh, so Astra is basically trying to target women uh, in particular around, uh, you know, getting more women to drink their beer. Um, and so what they've done is they've created a, a set of digital billboards that 
um, react or target the audience based on gender and uh, and age. Uh, so they're using facial recognition. They're using, you know, cameras and other things to do this. Obviously, uh, to pick up you know signals that help them determine what what content to show on the screen. Uh, but in, but specifically, this is going after women. So they've created more than seventy short video uh, uh, pieces, video messages that are uh, you know specifically designed to address women. So you're walking by. And, you know, you'll see something like, hey, uh, your guy can keep on walking. Or, you know, you'll see something like, hey, there's nothing here for men. Or, you know, like all, all these kinds of messages. And so, I don't know, Rob, are you showing the, the video for yeah, this? So, yeah, yeah there's, there's a video for this, so it'll make much more sense. But uh, I like these things, right? I like these, you know, the, the narrow casting aspect of, you know, hey, we're going after this demographic. We're trying to grow this piece of the pie for our brand. And so we're going to, you know, instead of just showing some, you know, uh, static message or, or something that's, you know, you know, do doesn't really engage people. Hey, you know, we're walking by and we're going to segment the audience in real time based on, on what's going on that addresses the audience that we want. So I, I really like this. Uh, you know, they call it the girl detection billboard. There you go. <laughs> Astra. I, you know, I wonder, uh, this is where I always wonder, see, when, when I hear something like this is that it's great to get your attention, but then you've always got to put a good tasting product Yes, you know, behind it, and no, no amount of great marketing can hide the taste of a bad drink. That's that's all I got to say. Yeah, do you remember? The, and then there's Vegemite. And there's Vegemite. <laughs> Nobody can can hide the taste of that. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah, but so, I, it, it's I'm a Fallon. Uh, I think it was like a, an older episode, like from a few weeks ago or something, because uh, like I like I PVR these things and. Um, um, he he was on and and they were talking about Vegemite and they they brought out the Vegemite and they like were spreading it on the toast and like we're joking around just and get it's a little bit for that good god <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing like this that is I, correct I, that's, I love the that's a good slogan there's nothing, like, there's nothing like Vegemite Vegemite <laughs> yeast extract I mean it does it oh gets God. you salivating doesn't it, it something like that yeah yeast yeah, yeah, extract uh, it's it a real thing bring up some memories yeah, yeah. Uh, those guys with the mugs, we had on these mugs, and you were like, I want to see this on Taxi TV, right? <laughs> I want to see it. And then it actually happened. Happened on Taxi TV. I jumped in the taxi, yeah. and, and we were on Taxi TV. Exactly. Wasn't it that was, weird? It was a great moment for me. Look at yeah, that exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh, perfect. Lightly, beautifully toned. Look at that. Look at that. Right. A good do, you, do you want to do some as well? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I'll try it. Now, what, do I, what am I doing Fancy wrong? butter knife. All right. All, All right, right so do. just a nice thin layer of butter. It's got to melt in. Uh-huh. All right. The butter has to melt in. So it has it's to be got a to melt in. piece of toast. All right. Yeah. All right, there we Perfect go. Perfect butter, not too hard. Yeah, this is good, good. white bread, in quotes, We've bread. got a piece for everyone here. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's there. And now, now okay. that's on there. See this. Yeah. Maximum. What? Maximum Vegemite. No more than that. This is basically, it looks black and it looks kind of a, it's just salt. That's all it is. Yeah. It is beautiful yeast extract. <laughs> this is the best. Direct from the Alpac of Australia. I mean, all right, so this. Just literally picked off so of the gas station than floor. Had... Yeah, so. Right, so I'm actually salivating. Did you see that spit come out? Yeah, I'm you really are salivating. Yeah. Uh, toast, cheers, toast. To you, bro. <laughs> toast. Yeah, yeah literally, it. yeah. Right? Much better. See? Oh, I got Joe Higgins. That's like salt. That's it. Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. I got it. I really like it. Yeah, I got to try it. Here. I saw you want a little bit. I saw that. Yeah, no, I'll try it. I'll try it. Just try it, but be honest. You don't want to try some? That's Vegemite. Oh, You're going to love it. Try some. <laughs> Sorry. You do? What do you think? I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? It's yeah. good. Oh, that's a good review yeah. right there. Oh, oh snap. Now, <laughs> oh snap! I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and like I like I don't know. I mean, it's a TV show, so I'm gonna say that he's pretending like he likes it, but it's not. Like like nobody can like that. No, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. So, well, anyways, it, it's a it's a uh, you you still have to you yeah. You, if they can market Vegemite and people can buy Vegemite, it's it's no Nutella, right? That's the difference between. No. Oh. Anyhow. All right, the Astra Girl Detection Billboard. Pretty cool stuff uh, in Germany. Check it out. Yeah, well, should we stay in Germany? I think we should stay in Germany this time around. Yeah. I think so. Uh, this is actually uh, KFC. KFC. Kentucky the Colonel is back. The Colonel is back. Can you believe that? They brought the Colonel back. I, I never knew he, he disappeared. It used to be. 
Paul. I didn't even know the guy. The guy like spent the last fifteen years of his life living right here in Toronto. He did. Yeah, I heard that the other day on the radio. Wow. He retired. He bought a house in Mississauga near the airport, and uh, and like yeah, he last fifteen years of his life he was living right here. That is crazy. Well, um, you know, the thing is that maybe there's an entire generation of Steve that doesn't know that KFC actually used to stand for Kentucky Fried Chicken. And that was the name of it. But because the implication fried uh, and everybody was so health conscious about fast food foods, I guess, they, they, they truncated it down to just a KFC and they dropped Colonel Sanders, which is the he was the mascot, just like. Uh, Ronald McDonald was for McDonald's, and then mm. Ronald McDonald went away with all his cast of characters as well. Remember Ronald McDonald cookies? Those things were the greatest things, and they had the Hamburglar, and they had that big purple blob thing guy. Who I can't remember, can never remember his name, but um, he was always my favorite. Now I can't remember his name. But the uh, KFC now these guys are now bringing back the Colonel, which is which is very interesting uh, to to do because what what was once old is new again, as as we're starting to Love see. It. But how about this is this is something completely different. It has nothing to do with Colonel. This has something to do with those uh, grease cap captured um, paper. Uh, I don't even know what the paper coverings that they put on the trays uh, when you go and pick up your fast food. So you get the tray and they put the you know the little advertisement is ultimately what it becomes down now. But that is a, a way to actually capture grease and make sure that the tray doesn't get all dirty with your Big Mac juice, your KFC juice that you know basically just streams grease streams down your face as you're eating it. Um, so what they've done now is that they said, well, listen, you know we're, that's not very mobile friendly. That's not very smartphone friendly. So we're going to actually allow you to use it as a keyboard so through this great bluetooth technology you put your phone next to you as you're eating you hit a little button you power on this it's so thin as you're seeing in the video it's like thin 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 and you power it on and then you're able to actually connect to your phone and type away as you're munching on your kentucky fried chicken the thing is that i don't know if these things are washable i don't know if anybody knows if these things are washable because it was a one week uh, campaign that they did this it was a one week thing and uh everybody took theirs home which was seemed logical to me so this is actually literally a keyboard on uh on a tray that uh, in, instead of those grease catchers that instead of paper it was a very ultra thin keyboard it's nuts man like that's innovative that's you know I like marketing and and you basically get a branded keyboard that you take home with you the size of a tray I like this. I, I mean, I don't have any argument. I, I mean, I don't eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. Maybe one, once in a, once in like the last thirty years. But um, it was. Uh, this is something that everybody should probably be looking at if they can do this. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it's it's brilliant. It's uh, what what a great way. I mean, like you know, I like you know, every once in a while I go into these fast food places, and yeah, I mean, you see these tray liners, you know, sitting there, uh, and it's all advertising. It's you know there's nothing really of value there but if i can actually type something while i'm you know eating my meal <laughs> eating my meal i would like it as a thin display though you know, there you go the one thing that i like to do while i eat is 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 i mean i'll pull up my ipad and i'll, I'll use zeit or i'll use whatever um yeah. to you know i'll catch up on my news and that's that's how i do it um so it would be really interesting if that was a display but here's you know, when it comes to location and contextual marketing, this is the thing that always gets me is that, uh, you know, I'll walk up to my gym um, and then right there in the gym, my gym is fairly secluded. It's a good life fitness here in Canada. It's one of it's yep. the largest chain. Um, but the one that I go to has, you know, right in the front, right on the steps, it has this spinny thing like says, join now, join now, join now. And I think, well, I'm here. You don't need to spin that yeah. around, right? I've come. This is a destination gym. I've, I've driven here. I'm walking up the stairs. You know, I've already made a decision. I'm either coming here to meet somebody to join or I'm already a member. Same thing with this is that why put a tray down in front of me with, with you know, you know a Big Mac special or a KFC bucket when I've already just bought, right? Yeah. Like, those, it might make sense when you're thinking, hey, well, just advertise. But that's like doing a banner ad for your own site on your own website. Right, it doesn't so exactly. make it doesn't make any sense. Marketing to the people you already got. Yeah. Like yeah. So, so how do you create incentive from that tray, or from that keyboard? Right. Ultimately, what they did to be able to take it home so that there's always a brand recognition or brand. You always remember the brand when you're doing something, or it's like a coupon, whatever it might be. I don't know, but the the idea of just advertising for the sake of advertising because you're already in the restaurant. I, I never understood that. But again, I'm I'm pretty simple. I'm not the smartest guy. There you go. Mobile. It's going to be a big thing this Mobile. year. Mobile trillion dollars yeah. all righty our third story 
Uh, this is an interesting one. So this, there's a company out there called Screen Vision, and this is a company that focuses on advertising in movie theaters. Um, and so they've partnered up with a, uh, a mobile platform called Sito, uh, 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 is how I'll pronounce it, S-I-T-O Mobile. Uh, and together they've launched this uh, project that they call Project Links. Uh, and what this is, this is about, hey, you, you, you've gone to the movie theater, you've watched the film, and then you know you leave the theater, and basically we want to target you based on what we know, you know about you. So you you know we we can assume some things based on the the movie that you saw, the demographic that you might be, you know all that kind of stuff, and then we combine that data with some geofencing around these theaters, which is coming from the CEDO platform and beacons and a, and a bunch of other stuff to basically then do follow-on targeted advertising, you know, as you leave the theater, around the theater. Um, so, you know, I like this. I, I think this makes sense, right? Um, you know, it, it, there's nothing unique about the geofencing or beacon piece around this, but the segmentation of this audience and, and you know, kind of knowing what they watched and where they are and then knowing, you know, kind of that, that they're just leaving and, and then being able to target them, like the follow-on customer service kind of piece makes sense to me. Right. Obviously, it's very, very focused on on the movie industry, um, but you know, there's nothing wrong with this. I think this is this is great. Yeah, uh, for me, this is uh, this is again. I, we've we've always talked about that hyper personalization of of uh, marketing, and and this is that. Right. So if you've just come back from San Andreas, and uh, you know yeah. you love The Rock or you love disaster films, you know that's another point of data where you can be marketed to. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with that. No, not at smart. all. So check it out. Screen Vision partnering with Cito Mobile for Project Links. Project Links. Do you know that here in Ottawa, my, my home city, which, by the way, had its, uh, you know, a, a first time in three years that an Ottawa company went public in Shopify this past week and, and yes. blew through the roof. <laughs> my God. Well done. Like they opened up, uh, I think it was uh, 14 to $17 per share and they closed at $28 in first day, added a billion dollars of value, basically doubled the valuation of the company. It's a $2 billion company. Um, $2 billion on a hundred million in revenue. That's, that's 20 times. <laughs> and, and that's not profit. That's like revenue. They lost $22 million, but it's very good for the Canadian economy. Very good for Ottawa. But the reason I brought it up was that we used to have a triple A baseball team here. It was affiliated for the Montreal Expos called the Ottawa Lynx. Wow. And there you this, go. They had this theme, which which I'll be playing. Yes, right you know, there's great things going on in that city. It's, <laughs> it's uh, true. Well, we my, lost a, we, a few. A few of my friends uh, ran the uh, the Ottawa Marathon this weekend. Forty eight thousand people running. Yeah, it's yeah one of the biggest ones in North America now. Yeah. And the reason you'd want to I come still don't get these people why they run. I mean, like it just drives me nuts. Like I hate running, but you know, I kudos run. to the people who can do it. I run, but I, like the last thing on earth that I want to do is run a marathon. Yeah. Do you know your nipples bleed when you run? Yeah, I know. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> it's not. It's just not. <laughs> From friction. Yeah. Uh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, the Ottawa Lynx. They. They. They didn't. Uh, they didn't make. They played twelve seasons and won the championship, the AAA uh, baseball championship, and um, but uh, they had this really great tune, a really great song, uh, which was the theme title to the Ottawa Ottawa Lynx. That's what always Project Lynx Ottawa Lynx. There you go. All right, Asif. Wow, this is—we're going to be here for a week. If we continue. I'm going to shut up for the rest of this episode, except for during my stories, and that's what I get to do—the fourth story right now. Awesome. All right, our the fourth story involves uh, QR codes, man. QR codes. Uh, obviously, the problem with QR codes is that they were ugly, right? There was this great vision. That must be the problem. Yeah. Of course it was. It was just that they were ugly, right? So the goal is to to make them prettier, right? Like that's that's the the whole whole goal. The, the Steve reason, Jobs says it's all about the aesthetic, bro. It, it is. So let's take this ugly QR code and make it better. And then all of a sudden, let's make it as invisible as we can. And all of a sudden, QR codes will be cool again when we get rid of them. Well, wait. That's. But then, how will the average human who still thinks that mobile doesn't have an influence in retail actually know to use the QR codes? But that's the fourth story here is about a company that is actually called Visual Lead. They want to kill off the ugly QR code and make it prettier. And the way they're doing that is basically, you know, in, in all your graphics uh, software where you actually reduce the transparency or increase mm -hmm. the transparency where it makes yeah. it, it transparent. That's that's ultimately what they want to do here. They want to make them visually appealing so that people will want to scan them. 
and use them and then make them almost disappear ultimately. And ultimately, that's what these guys are trying to do. So if you're a brand that wants to make your QR codes disappear but still have them there on your packaging, you want to commit to that, then Visual Lead is doing that. I, Asif, am completely not sold on this. We like what? Let's just do image recognition, right? If you're a brand and you understand that, that yep. your brand is understood, like Corn Flakes or Cheerios or some box that our people are buying inside of grocery stores, just, you know what, I don't want to have to download a QR code scanner. I don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. I just want to be able to get the information that I need. And, you know, whatever happened to the old UPC codes, because they're smart, and I use this um, great little product here called uh, MyFitnessPal. It's an Under Armour company right now. And uh, yes. I just I just scan the QR codes or the uh, the UPC codes on the back of all my products. It has all that information in the database. Well, you know, there's already these different ways. I, I still, QR codes are, for me, I, I never scan those things because they could be nefarious uh, links on the back end. Uh, I'm not sure what value I'm getting out of scanning a QR code. Um, I like, you know, I, I don't get it. I, I QR codes to me are done. And at some point, when we start building in NFC chips right into the fabric of all materials at some point, why, why would I even need a QR code? This is just a stopgap. And I'll be honest with you, making QR codes pretty is not the way that you're going to get people to use it because the average person doesn't know what to do with a QR code right now. And by reducing the, uh, reducing the visibility of the QR code isn't going to help. I don't know. What do you think? I'm with you, man. I'm all about image recognition. I, I mean, yeah. it's uh, you know, big fan of Blipper and companies like that. And uh, you know, why do we have to create a separate thing? Why not just be able to scan that logo or scan that you know whatever it is that we want? I mean, look at what Amazon's doing, you know, with their technology. Um, you know, and it's not even a brand; like it could be anything. Just scan, you know, and start building image databases. That's it, right? Uh, and focus on using that as a way that we drive search and engagement, and not you know all all these other crazy you know qr codes and other things that just don't make sense i don't know That's that just... vision it, there was that vision where they said like we're just going to get rid of all of those beautiful billboards in times square beautiful i mean but well pointed billboards and just put up qr codes right and and uh this is and now we're going to have transparent qr codes so there'll be invisible qr codes so basically times square will be just white pallets I, anyway i'm not i'm yeah. not big on this this is not something that i would no i would, I would ever think that would take off but, but if you're interested yeah. visual lead Visual lead. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they've raised some money. So, you know, hey. Yeah, but, but how can they raise money? I don't know. They got five million bucks from Alibaba. Oh, Alibaba. That's what happens when, when a company's too big, too rich. Hmm. It's all about the data. All right. Let's get on to the fifth story. All right. Fifth story. Over to Chicago. The Chicago Loop Alliance. This is basically a, uh, a BIA or you know a um, you know a business um, community association that uh, is focused on driving you know traffic and business uh, to certain parts of the city of Chicago, and in particular, they're focusing on the State Street shopping corridor. Uh, so this June, uh, they are going to be installing devices that will count the number of people and cars along the street. Have we heard this before? This is this is good stuff. This is you know the stuff that business associations need to be doing, in my opinion. They've signed a three-year contract with a UK-based group called Springboard, who will be installing these things. Eighteen pedestrian and vehicular counters will be placed along State Street between Wacker and Congress, which are too big. Uh, this is this is the main shopping area of of downtown Chicago, um, and then uh, they're also going to add a couple of counters along. Uh, Millennium Park and LaSalle Street, and they're using these more as just um, you know a, a way to sort of um, you know have a baseline to kind of measure you know what's happening over here versus hey when we're actually doing real counting and traffic and we're using that in a way to affect you know staffing and other things that we're going to do. Um, at least we've got a baseline for other major streets in Chicago. So really, really good stuff. I think this is what every major city should be doing uh, in terms of you know monitoring the traffic and, and, and finding ways to look at hourly, daily, weekly you know kind of data and, and kind of blending that stuff together. So retail tenants, you should be asking for this. You should be pushing your BIAs uh, to do this kind of stuff. Um, so I applaud it. And the cost is like nothing. I mean, $65,000 is what they're paying to operate this, to install and operate this system in the first year, and, you know, and then about fifty grand for the next two years after that. So in total, we're talking about like a $160,000 contract 
for three years of being able to know what's going on on these streets and use that data, you know, to do all sorts of fantastic things. So I love it. There you go. There's that word uh, density that comes up again, isn't there, Asif? Yes. I think there you that, go. you know, when we sat down with Andrew Farah, my, my mind has completely done a 360 degree shift on this, uh, or 180 degree shift, I suppose, is that with his company, Density IO, right? That was that, it's a simple 3D printed uh, in out counter, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I asked him the question, if the episode's up on untether.tv, I asked him the question about, hey, like, um, is, is the data now going to be about location? So, you know, all these coffee shops that he works with, and same thing, the city should be thinking about this, is, is the data the extra layer now that will help people make decisions about where to open up shop, right? So you're going to count pedestrians, which is yep. traffic, but then also you should be counting pedestrians that are walking into each location, and you'll know that that spot right there is either a great, great, great spot, or it's influenced by the brand that's in it. So yeah. it's either really by location, or it's really because it's a Pete's. You know what I mean? Like that's no, where we're going to get down. And this, to. this is a big space. I mean, there, there's a bunch of companies that are focused on this. Like one of the companies that we work with is Prism Skylabs. Yeah. So they've got access to all these like the video cameras uh, on the streets, right? And they're using that data in the same way to do counting and traffic analysis and whatnot. So I think this is a big space. There's still room for, for growth in this space. And if you're a BIA, like I said, you, you need to be investing in this stuff. Um, it's not expensive and it, the benefits are uh, you know far outweigh the cost. You should. And, and uh, another company that we talk about quite often is, uh, is, is Euclid. And they, do the, they, yep. they look at uh, conversion rate, right? People walking by to walking into the store and then how long they stay in the store. And, and, uh, and then they try to marry that up to revenue uh, numbers as well. But Euclid's pretty cool. There is a, there's a great story here. And you're right. This might fall in infrastructure onto the city to be able to kind of at least create the, the first number. Um, instead of having those people, because you see them outside, driving by, you know, sitting on the street corners with their clickers. Just clicking. That's all they do all day. Mm-hmm. Click, 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 click. So maybe they can automate that. It would knock some students out of out of some kind of, you know, job. But I think that we're okay with that. There you go. All right. So Loop Alliance. Great, great name too. Um, our sixth story is about an app. Uh, that I, I consider pretty much Pinterest on mobile or, or kind of trying to be Pinterest uh, for your stuff. It's I'm going to go with Chose because of the way that it is. It's C-H-O-Z, C-H-O-Z dot E-S. And uh, this is literally uh, a way to catalog and categorize things that you love and own. So you if you want to... It's it's pretty simple. It's it's the same way that Pinterest works. Although you're on a mobile device and you take a photo of something that you want or that you have or that you want to sell, and you post, you take a photo of it, describe it, post it up uh, into the Chose network, and you can then organize things in lists or tags. You can actually uh, tell people if you want to sell it or not. And one of the features that they tout is that if you sell it, in fact, it will actually put sold on it as well. So it it manages that infrastructure, um, and you you get paid with PayPal. Uh, this is really a network like Pinterest is trying to become uh, when it comes to exchanging um, goods for money. Ultimately, is what it what it comes down to. So this is I, I there's nothing more to this than the fact that this is a a contextually aware app that allows you to display the things that you want, have, or want to buy um, in a mobile environment, and then allow you to sell those things that you do have or buy those things that you want to have all from a from a mobile device. Do you have any other? That that's the way that no, I looked at I mean, it. I mean, I mean, I'm just trying to think about the you know who the audience is that that we use this, yeah. and, and the first thing that popped into my mind is is like you know these, you know the Etsy type of crowd, right? Like it's yeah. creating their own product that you know the the artisan, you know that that kind of um, yes, you know group. So you know this could this could be interesting, right? Because it's I mean, Etsy is an interesting platform in itself, but. You know, from a mobile perspective, um, you know, and, and being able to kind of post things and 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 have the, the you know the transaction happen uh, in a visual way. Yeah, I, I like it. But that's where that's where for me this is this is uh, Pinterest as well because Pinterest is moving into this realm. Like so, Pinterest, you tag a photo or tag something, yeah. and it goes you pin it basically, and it goes right under your board, and then it becomes a wish list of sorts, right? 
So it's something that you love, something that you want, something that you need, something that you want to sell. And Pinterest isn't into the selling piece yet, but they're getting there because they kicked all of their affiliate stuff off. And you know, right. you know that they're gearing up pretty effectively to, to become one of the largest retailers on the planet because of the traffic that they get. And so I think that this is this is ultimately that piece as well. So, uh, you know, Pinterest is, is fighting in that Etsy world as well, in the PayPal world, um, uh, you know, the auctioning worlds as well, the eBay world. So I think that th this is all part of a, that big story. You're right, um, but uh, this is this has got to get serious traction for it to actually be able to work, um, even at a highly local level. Because because if you look around, Pinterest is everywhere, man. Everywhere, Etsy just went public, right? These are big yeah. companies. Yeah. So. Alrighty. Chose. Yes. Or chooses. That's exactly no, what I it is. Hey, look at that. Chooses. Because it's C H O Z dot E S, right? Yes. See, it. smart guy. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, carry on. All Seriously. right, over to the UK. Now, for a few years now, Rob and I have been talking about this consortium between O2, Vodafone, and uh, Everything Everywhere, which is Orange. Um, and, uh, you know, the, together these guys have been working uh, to build a platform called Weave, which is a... Uh, basically, a hyperlocal, uh, local geotargeting SMS uh, platform, and um, it originally started as something called Project Orange. It was originally intended to be a uh, mobile payments platform that was put together by this consortium of the mobile operators in the UK. Uh, they realized that people weren't ready for mobile payments yet, and shifted this to a loyalty-based platform, which started to get a lot of traction, and collectively. What you ended up with uh, today is about 23 million uh, consumers, subscribers across these these networks, primarily on on the O2 side, that have had opted in to receive geotargeted SMSs. So there's a pretty big you know user base of people who are agreeing, opted in, you know, want to get geotargeted SMS when they come in proximity of the brands that they care about, and this is great because it's SMS. It doesn't require any app. You know all that kind of stuff. Fantastic stuff. Um, now, a, a move was made this week where O2 basically has acquired the entire Weave platform, bought out their two other partners, if you will, um, and take this in. And so it's now a wholly owned subsidiary of O2, which is part of Telefonica. Uh, if you're into that, you know, telecom world. So, uh, so, so Weave uh, as a consortium amongst the three players is no longer. It is now a wholly owned subsidiary of O2 and only O2. So they've acquired all 23 million customers, which I believe from, uh, so I don't have the exact numbers, but I heard that they ha already had, you know, about 60, 65% of that base was already O2. So they've acquired the rest of this uh, and they're taking the platform in-house. They were always the core driver behind this as far as I was concerned. Um, and the biggest player in, in, in the group. Uh, so now, now you know, nothing other, just, uh, nothing more to say about this other than it's a wholly owned subsidiary of O2 now, and the other guys are out. I, you want to add? No, you know, I just I look at these things, and and um, you know, you're starting to see the consolidation across all of these networks, right? These private networks that that people have built up, um, and. and Maybe there was a time and a place for them, but when you've got ubiquitous payment platforms right now, nobody wants to be just part of a single small piece. And and you're seeing this with uh, currency in the United States, and yep. you're seeing like all of these guys are consolidating. And and you know, I there, there's no hope for these. There's just no hope for these because uh, uh, currency. Um, and then there was uh, what was the the soft card soft card yeah Google acquired the assets there yeah and so yeah Google acquired soft card. Currency is the con is the uh, consortium uh, around all the big retailers, right? And yes. uh, and uh, there's there's now talk about somebody you know going to go in there and acquire those guys because you've got open payment platforms like like Apple Pay and you've got these things that are now across all these m hundreds of millions of devices like Google Pay and and so yeah. you just Google Wallet. So there's no there's no hope for these guys, and, and you know it's only a matter of time before they're all gone. Before they're all gone. Yeah, the the only advantage that these guys had, you know, is that this was carrier-based billing, right? Uh, and the simplicity of that, uh, you know, where you know I got some offer on my phone and I could just add it to my phone bill. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so from that point of view, there there was merit to this. 
Uh, we'll see whether O2 is able to take that on their own. Uh, you know, Virgin's had some success in, in their own closed network around mobile and, and, and payments and offers. I don't know whether O2 can do that, um, but remains to be seen. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. It was not the actual acquisition of currency. It was Padient who actually built currency for the uh, for the for the uh, retailers. It was acquired um, by PayPal because they have yeah. to get into this, right? It's the mer merchant uh, uh, customer exchange, oh, yeah. MCX. So, but they had a very unique piece, right? If you ask me, because they had a, a um, all of their. Um, loyalty cards and their uh, white labeled credit cards and they were going to uh, only leverage that at the beginning MCX was about getting people who had their credit card companies like the the target credit card company or the bay credit card company right um, yeah. bay credit card that's how you would pay for these things if you had one of those cards it would be a, you know a consortium of a consortium of those things um, so uh, that was very unique but that fell apart and, and now now um, PayPal owns Padient and and uh, and currency is uh, is now uh, might be now part of that um, and then as we've said this is just I don't think that there's an ability here to be able to create uh, this network that is isolated from everybody else because can you imagine walking into a store and saying yeah I'd like to play with my phone and they say well uh, we only accept you know one of the payment yeah. platforms it doesn't work it doesn't work that's not customer focused or centric so it's, it's a confusing time out there that's for sure but this is definitely a uh, something that is bound to happen so now no there's no independent networks like that and everybody can just pay with what they want to pay pretty much yeah 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 all right all right so on to the next story Asif Ah, uh, you know, I you like this one, don't you? There are, there are, well, I do and I don't. I mean, I, I think that the 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 messaging is great, but the the reason that they're doing this is is very unique. It's it's I, I had no idea that this we're going to Japan. I had no idea that Japan had a problem with with people getting drunk and then beating up on young women. I just I, I didn't know that this was an epidemic, and apparently this is one of these things. Uh, so this is a it's it's. It's a, uh, you know, you, when you get a coaster in a bar, so this is done done by Yaocho uh, Bar Group. Um, you know, when you get a coaster in a bar, you put it down, you put your drinks on it, and uh, and it does nothing. But now, because of this epidemic, ultimately, people don't drink a lot in Japan, but they when they do, I guess they go out and they, they want to punch somebody. Uh, so there's a, uh, to end violence against women, um, uh, domestic violence against women as a, res as a result of too much uh, excessive alcohol consumption, um, You they have these these coasters now where you put the you put your drink on it and and it reacts with a coaster um, and it changes the coasters from a woman who is um, you know has no bruises or cuts on her face to a woman that has bruises and cuts on her face to create awareness for this this I, I, mini epidemic I, I think around mm -hmm. um, people drinking and then going out and and beating up beating up women um so this is a way to end domestic violence and bring it in the forefront now the, the reach of this is, is pretty crazy because they own many 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 bars and they they can you know they're everywhere and those these uh, coasters are everywhere so ultimately it, it is a great awareness thing and they say don't let excessive drinking end in domestic violence so it's a good it's a good warning i like it. i mean it, it's uh you, you know and i like anything that just basically takes you know everyday objects and and has a way to kind of you know, use them as a marketing mechanism in front of us and, and, and change the way, you know, just for a second, you know, make us pause and think, you know, whether it's, you know, and, and this this domestic violence issue is something that, you know, it has been a big focus of late, right? So, we yes. you know, we talked about the billboard in the UK, you know, where people looked at it and changed, uh, you know, the, the woman's face on the screen. Um, now you've got, you know, these coasters, you know, trying to address this issue. I mean, it, it's an issue that, we need to put more attention on. There's no question about it. Um, and so I love that we're, we're taking everyday objects like coasters and using that as the mechanism to uh, to do that. So it, it's printed uh, with a thermochemical ink technology and it reacts um, to a form of change in color, basically. So when you put a cold drink on top of it, uh, whenever a cold drink comes in contact with it, it changes. And then I suppose that when you pull it off, maybe it, it changes back. But um, this is... It is. I like the idea of, of putting these things in front of you. These are these are um, potential advertising mechanisms used for good. Yeah. How do, how, can we do something with the cigarette packages around that? Oh yeah, because I don't think the pictures are working. No. You know, I, I, it's shocking. Um, uh, you know, I used to I used to I used to smoke. I smoked until I was twenty nine, and then I quit. 1999 uh, because cigarettes were like eighty dollars a pack. It was crazy at the time, but I just I, n I never thought my uh, thought of myself as a smoker. My mother smoked. 
and she died obviously of lung cancer. Uh, you know, and 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 when, once you've seen that, there's no reason to ever, ever, ever light another cigarette. And then you look at people and you uh, under different lens. And I know many people have gone through this. I know lots of people have. Where you look at them, and you think, "What are you doing? Like, do you do you, you haven't seen this?" And but if you did, your mind would change, and that is not mm. a way that anybody should should want to should want to die at all. It's just not. It's not. It's not. That is not worth looking cool with a cigarette hanging out of your mouth at all at any mm. point in time. But we have a, up in here in Canada, we have those terrible packages of cigarettes, right? So right now in Canada, I don't know what it's like in the states, but in Canada. Uh, around the world, you cannot buy um, you, you, no cigarette pack is exposed. They're behind a um, a rail, and the, and basically the rail comes down and it covers all the cigarettes. And you have to ask by by name. They card anybody who's under 21, um, and then the cigarettes are highly taxed. They're 11 or 12 or 13 dollars a pack now uh, for for cigarettes. But people still, I, I just I, they still do it. It's one of those things. I don't know why the the tax on it, the death tax on it is crazy. Why would anybody do it? But they put on the packages now. And they've done it for many years. Is like pictures of cancerous something, lung, yeah. mouth, tongue, throat, uh, whatever it might be. And they actually show you, you know, lungs that are that are riddled with uh, with cancer and tar, and 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 those don't seem to work. So I'm with you, Asif. I don't know how you uh, how you do this, so that our kids, when they have that moment where they're making a decision of whether they should light a cigarette or not, uh, th we take that decision out of their hands. Right? We don't let them do it. Yeah. We do that. Scares me. Scares me half to death. No, but there's got to be a way we can use some of this this crazy new technology to do something. I'm gonna lock my kids in my house. Is that wrong? <laughs> in, in the basement forever? Come on. Here you go. All right. That's uh, Yaucho Bar Group, the Violent Coasters. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Yeah. All right. Our ninth story. Uh, our good friends at Apple. Uh, you know, Apple's had its struggles with their with their own mapping technology, and but they continue to go out and buy companies. Uh, and integrate that technology into their maps to try and improve their their native mapping capability. And it is getting better. I have to say, I, I you know I, I you know we all saw it when it first came out and how crappy it was. And you know I have used it lately, and you know I, it's definitely you know it's definitely on its way you know on, on an upward swing. Let's just say. So um, just last week they went out and bought another company called Coherent Navigation. Great name. I like it. Coherent navigation. So this is a uh, a company that uh, is in the GPS uh, navigation space. They're using high precision uh, satellite data uh, to uh, to basically you know help you know where you're going. Um, and so there's a, you know typical Apple acquisition. No uh, no comment really other than confirming yes we have acquired this company. Um, you know they didn't release any of the numbers around this. Um, but um, you know this follows a, a number of things. So they they bought Broadmap, they bought Embark, they bought Hopstop. Um, so you know their 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 data is getting better. They're adding transit data into this. They're they're basically trying to go head to head with Google on maps. Uh, and you know maybe with the you know one day after you know they continue down this path and all these acquisitions and starting to roll this technology together, they will uh, they will have a product. But it, it's all I can say is it's getting better. Right. What else can I say? It's it's getting better. They they are taking steps to make their product better. They're not standing still. They know that there's deficiencies. They know it's not as good as Google, um, but it's on its way. Yeah, I, I, it's like half as good as Google, maybe even less than half. Yeah. Like when you expect when when you launch, when you launch Matt, Google. But here's the thing. What does that say to you? Mapping is not easy. No, it's not. It's and not easy. There are a few companies on this planet that. You know, are great at mapping. You've yeah. got Google, you've got Nokia with the Here platform, uh, you know, and if maybe one or two others. You know, in, in in certain markets like in China, there's some there's some native uh, products over there that are doing some pretty crazy things. And Apple's, you know, doing their best, and they're acquiring companies, and they're assembling, you know, a technology to come together, and it's getting there. But it takes a long time, people. This is not something where you can build overnight. No, you you can't. You can't. And the expectation that you can do that is is ludicrous. But I mean, when I launch, the difference is I'm not a big like I'm I'm an Apple guy, and I would love to use Apple Maps, but I don't yeah. simply because the simplest things like traffic are not available on Apple Maps up here in Canada. So Google Maps, right. it's everywhere, right? I can I, I yeah. understand. It, yeah. So those kind of things, and there's also the times where where I, I type something in and it takes me to the wrong address. It's not the right place. It's just it's like, uh, it's like the old days of mapping online web mapping. 
Um, but what about this? See, while we're on maps, what about this whole concept where the car makers are are trying to uh, take out uh, on? Uh, they're trying to buy the Nokia Maps unit, right? There's all these yeah. all these things floating around that they've teamed up with, like uh, Mercedes, Audi, and BMW are looking at buying. Uh, are working with um, General Atlantic, which is a private equity firm, to go out and buy uh, Nokia's map divisions. Like I would think, like Nokia, Nokia selling maps would mean Nokia has nothing left. What's left? <laughs> no, <laughs> I heard they're getting back into phones, but but holy cow! So yeah, no, that's big. I mean, I mean, if you're in the car uh, industry, I mean, if if you can control your own destiny on that piece, I mean, that's that's big. That's huge. Well, because they're, they're they're bidding against um, uh, uh, Uber. Baidu, uh, and they're talking about a four billion dollar acquisition. Yeah, and you know, like if if BlackBerry was smart, that, they, they should be in that. They're not. BlackBerry's not smart. Have you heard of this? Have you seen read some of these expert excerpts from the book that is coming out about um, BlackBerry's demise, Rim's demise? No, I haven't seen that. Wow. Well, I mean, it's just going to confirm what we all know is that those CEOs were idiots. Hubris killed that company, and it's all their fault. And my hope is that there's massive shareholder lawsuits that descend upon those idiots, Lazaridis and Balsili, those guys. Wow. The biggest criminals in my mind, along with the Nortel guys. You know, biggest criminals yeah. in Canada right now. Just pillaged people's savings. Just not equipped to be leaders in this free world. And, um, and what are they doing right now? Oh, they're sitting back on their billionaire, you know, billionaire ranches, whatever it is that they do. Anyway, We're trying to buy a hockey team, so it'll never happen. During while well, he's CEO of a company, like, how can you do? Anyway, don't get me down that path. Those guys, not fans of Balsili or Lazaridis at all, as leaders. Hmm. There you go. All right. Well, uh, mapping is mapping is big. Mapping is big. All right. Our last our last story here is around Ticketmaster and a company Canadian. Um, Canadian version of Ticketmaster, which is called Ticketmaster Canada, teaming up with yeah. Art uh, in something that they're they're calling the Humograms. That's what Art yes. calls it. Yes, so the, the, we've, we've talked about these guys before. Um, so uh, this is a Toronto company, actually, A-R-H-T, Art. Um, it's an augmented reality holographic technology uh you know that they call the humogram and so they originally um you know we, we we've we've sh we've talked about uh some of their retail uh stuff so basically what these guys do is picture a storefront window display at a retail store um you know you see you see the mannequins in the window and you see all this kind of stuff now picture if that instead of a mannequin being there a holographic projection uh, in that window and you walk by and using beacons and other proximity sensing stuff it recognizes that somebody's in front of the window and all of a sudden the hologram starts talking to you about you know the clothes or whatever it is that that store is selling um, and and presenting the offer to you and all of that so it's it's interactive it's in much more engaging than this static window display um, so that's what ARHT does is uh, and in particular what one of the things that they've done is they've gone out and they've basically um, worked with celebrities and created licensed holograms, like they owned the, li the rights, if you will, to the holographic projections of certain celebrities out there. So I know they've got like Larry King and they've got all these these people and, and different sports uh, celebrities. They've got, let me see, Paul Anka, uh, Michael Buble, Carlos Slim, Kevin O'Leary up here in, in, in Canada, um, you know, all kinds of people. Um, Richard Branson, you know, whatever. So, uh, so they've got the, these celebrity holographic projection things, and so they teamed up with Ticketmaster Canada, and so they're going to be doing this now, related to you know events and and you know sporting events and entertainment, um, you know, and obviously working with you know some of the artists that are in these things to you know to promote these things. I love it. I think this is fantastic stuff. Um, I don't know if like I don't think you have a video for this one, right? Rob, but just just uh, clips from you know from the Harry Rosen store that they yeah that they right were doing. right right so but uh, Jason Bateman is on the board of advisors too like this is a star-studded board of advisors yeah uh, yeah it's pretty cool so the first one that they're doing is uh, right here in Canada with in Winnipeg uh, around Can around Canadian Music Week so the MTS Center which is the the the, the stadium uh, in Winnipeg uh, where the uh, I think the Jets play there right mm -hmm. yeah Winnipeg Jets play there. Um, and, um, yeah, so, so around all these entertainment venues, you know, you'll, you'll start to see these, these, these displays now, 
um, with these holographic humogram projections. Love this stuff. It's kind of cool. It's crazy. They got Ben Mulrooney as a board of directors. Yeah. On the board of directors. The E-Talk guy. Also, hey, former man. Prime Minister's son, Brian yeah. Mulroney. But the, yeah. Paul Anka, Larry King. Can't uh, stand that guy, I gotta say. Oh, I know. Ben Mulroney. But he's done well. He's 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 not bad at what he does. No. He just, he just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. That's what they say. Michael Bublé, who's a Canadian crooner. And I'm sure that everybody's heard of Michael Bublé. Um, he's... Um, as my wife says, she could listen to his voice all day, but when he when she sees him in concert, he's just like, <laughs> like the cheese meister. He just, she can't look at him. She can't yeah. look at him, but she can listen to him. Not there like, you go. It's like, like um, what's that? What's a um, Robin Thicke? Yes. Can't stand looking at that guy. Can't stand listening to him either. Yeah. I just see his dad. Right. Yeah. Um, growing pains. But uh, yeah, Alan Thicke. Alan Thicke. Yeah. Yeah. But these, um, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of people. My my wife will always say that she she can listen and watch Jim Cuddy all day, every day. There you go. Every day, not Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. I like Jason Bateman. This is a pretty cool company. If you're interested in more information about them, go to artmedia.com. That's a r h t media.com, and you'll find out all about this kind of stuff. I'm not. Um, I mean, this gives 3D holographic uh, stuff without actually needing 3D holographic uh, glasses. Which better is than a QR code. It's way better than a QR. More interactive as well. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that they were licensing people, the likenesses of they people. Are. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I thought I thought uh, I thought Larry King was already a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah. All right, those are the top ten stories this week uh, in the location contextual mobile marketing world. If yours is not there, if we did not highlight you or call you out in one way, shape, or form, then you should have reached out to us, Rob at Untether.tv or Seif at TheLBMA.com. That's it. 235. Let's see if we got yeah. nothing else after this. There's nothing left. We got to close up shop. We got to wait till next week to get the next stories in. But if you have one, reach out to us and let us know. Please, please, please. Any parting thoughts to see? Or shall we just part? Let's just leave it at that. Just leave it at that. Folks, thanks nice for tuning simple. in. We'll see you next week for episode number 236. Where are you going to be? Where are you going to be next uh, week? That's a good question. Hmm. That is a darn good question. We got to figure that out. Yeah. Probably over the uh, friendly okay. skies somewhere. We can't, uh, yeah, we'll have to do it right from an airplane. Sorry. Yeah, sir. we may, I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe when I get to Singapore, we'll do it. Yeah, Sunday like night. Sunday night. All right, well, one way, we'll figure that out. And you just rest assured that we will bring you that episode wherever it is that Asif is. Uh, I will be right here. And you should tune in next week for 236. Thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, stopping by, everybody. We'll see you next week. Later.